When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our show, to our live stream, to our podcast. It's Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. We are live on YouTube, as always, or whenever you want it. Just like the video and subscribe to the channel. Helps us out. We appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast, that's great. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts also helps. And either way, no matter how you're consuming, you can consume the other way. Because the link to the YouTube is in the description of the podcast. The link to the podcast is in the description of the YouTube. And you know who can also consume is anyone in Boulder, Colorado, Jay-Z, LeBron, Bronny, uh, Obama. I mean, who? who, I don't know who's coming, but a lot of people are coming. Will Ferrell. Snoop. I love how it said, Will Ferrell quotes USC. Like, I know who he's there for. Sponsored by Tito's, handmade vodka, number one vodka. You know, LeBron's big on health and wellness. Tito's and soda is easily, for my money, the healthiest drink you can have. Tasty drink. It's just fantastic. Can't recommend it. Throw a little lemon or a lime in there. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Yep. Snoop, Tito. Will Ferrell, LeBron, Tito. Jeremy Bloom is going to be there, I know. Jeremy. <laughs> he could ski. O- only only athlete ever, John, to be an Olympic skier and drafted in the NFL. You know who drafted him? The Philadelphia Eagles. John Middlecoff? And, no, before my time, a- oh. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Numero uno, however you like to drink it. We love when you send us photos or tag us in photos as well. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Little Tito's, uh, maybe Little Tito's and OJ. 9 a.m. Pacific, USC, and Colorado is that kickoff on Saturday. That's early. That's early. So a little espresso martini. You know what You know the move is going to be? Watch OJ, Tito's, 9 a.m. Post-game nap, before the nap, Tito's espresso martini, caffeine nap, wake up in 30 minutes, ready ready for round two. We have good games on this weekend or, or for Saturday? Eh. Yeah, not, not great. Not a great Saturday. Yeah. You know one thing that's really throwing me off, and it shows you brand recognition, and I, I, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, brand cohesion as a consumer CBS not having the SEC throwing me the bleep off guy. When I throw on Vern, I know he retired, but Brett Nessler, whatever the guy's name Gary is, Daniels, yeah, Nessler, yeah, and those guys are calling like Iowa Rutgers. I know they wouldn't call Iowa Rutgers, but like Iowa, Michigan. Not gonna lie, don't like it. Like it just it it's too weird for me, guy. It's too weird. I'm coming for like 
the opening at Athens or LSU, Florida, and I'm getting that, it is, I would say in recent memory, turning on something, it's the biggest shock to my system. SEC not being there and Big Ten. It's like, I don't. it'd be like you're turning on golf and you get F1. I mean, it's like completely different world. I don't even know. I, I get it's the in the in under the same umbrella. It's like sports. Even it's actually football, but it's not. I've watched so many Georgia, LSU, Florida, Alabama games, and now I'm getting, what is this? Even Ohio State feels weird on the channel. Well, well, yeah, last week you had Ohio State playing Notre Dame, so it was on NBC, which felt weird. I mean, Notre Dame's on NBC, so that's not weird. But, but. That, 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 but I expect when I see the NBC logo and 700 of their employees with Jason Garrett, which I, I don't understand how he calls Notre Dame, but he does, th- that I, I expect the NBC logo with a Notre but Dame you, game. I agree, but don't you think when you see Ohio State, NBC, that kind of throws you, it threw me a little bit. It fits, True, though, but I've seen Notre, Notre Dame, Dame play enough teams on NBC, USC. Yeah, know, I mean, NBC. honestly, seeing Notre Dame play Ohio State in and of itself was a shockingly good matchup, right? Like, that's one of those matchups you're like, oh, that is an excellent matchup. That's Notre Dame's thing. It's like, we're Notre Dame. Yeah. Sorry, we don't play Weber State. We don't. We're Notre Dame. We got This wasn't a – I mean, they didn't know. I remember being last year in Nashville looking over in the game. It was a home and home. That's, they don't fuck around. No, I, they I, don't. I give, a, I give props to Ohio State for doing it, too. Uh, Nuke Nuke, Nuck Nuck, Tito's and Ghost Energy Drink is really good. Comment on the stream. So there you go. Have you ever had a liquid death? The water? <laughs> no. I had thought liquid death the whole time was an alcoholic drink or an energy drink, and it's That's just the genius. Water. You just have it. It actually tastes pretty good. That is the genius. Uh, we got uh, LSU Ole Miss this weekend. We do have Duke. Uh, is it Duke Notre Dame? Duke Notre Dame is this week. Duke is unbeaten. College game day is going to be at Duke this week. John, have a first round quarterback potentially. Yeah, there's are there eight first round quarterbacks in this draft? Depends on who you talk to. Some I mean, Shador's probably not coming out. I don't think, but and there are going to be you know people look at Penix's knee, right? And age. Bo Nix a lock. Here, here's Hart, the thing: when you Hart, watch Michael Hartman's Penix, probably trending toward uh, Jaden Daniels. Probably not. I, I have a hard time seeing anyone draft him in the first round. Um, here's the thing with Penix: is like just when you watch him, you go, "Holy fuck!" First rounder. Like he puts ball. He just dots deep balls like it's nobody's business, John. Nobody dots a deep ball like Michael Penix. I talked to our boy Aliotti today. He said Michael Penix throws a better ball than Caleb Williams. That's what he said. I never been forty I, years of coach, never been fired. I don't know how many guys did that. Nick <laughs> Aliotti did that. Yeah, defensive not, coordinator not at Oregon. Andy Reid fired. Belichick fired. Pete Carroll fired. They've all been Shanahan fired. Uh, asked to leave Cleveland. <laughs> Might have left on his own volition. No, Shanahan fired in Washington with Pops. Oh yeah, yeah, with right. his dad though. <laughs> McVay survived, uh, but he was already in with the Grudens, so he had an inside track. I had, by an NFL guy, Washington. I think Washington right now around college scouts is like a beloved program because it's fun, and people, I guess their coaching staff's really cool. I had forgotten, You, I'm sure you remember this, is the reason the Notre Dame OC went to Alabama is because Washington's OC told them no. <laughs> told Nick Saban no. Like, and it, you know, it shows you that some a buddy of mine compared them to the to the Golden State Warriors. He's like, I'll view them like a three point shooting team. They may miss, they may miss three in a row. 
the fucking bomb's coming in a play or two, and they're going to hit it. And their quarterback hits it. When that ball's in the air, even if he misses it, every single person believes in the stands, including the other side and all the defenders, that it's probably going to get caught. He's a stud, man. And he's got a Roma Dunze might be a they they blew Cal out of the building without their second best receiver last week. Jalen Are we sure Oregon and Washington? We'll have to see if, if Utah has to improve with the quarterback, but aren't the best two teams out west? We're not no, they may what they might be two of the best three teams in the nation at this point. Could the Pac twelve get you know, going out with a bank at two teams I, in? I you know, I, it sounds crazy. I said that a few weeks ago. Not like it's hard to find the path because they all got to play each other, basically. But I don't think it's crazy just because nobody's really elite right now. And when you watch those teams play, they just are dominant. You're like, well, they, well, Washington hasn't played anybody. Well, they went to Michigan State and blew them out. When you look at the strength of schedule of the top 10 teams, it's all in the uh, – there's a couple in like the 50s, but, you know, they're in the 90s, the, the 110s. So they're not playing any easier schedule than anybody else is playing. Well, Harbaugh's supposed to have his best team ever. Google that schedule. I mean, that thing. Guy, he doesn't play anybody for like another five weeks. I mean, he just, is he back? He's cruising. He hasn't even I coached think he's yet. back. He's, he's back. So I, I think if you look at gym? it like, I think it's fair to say, especially with Ohio State beating Notre Dame, it's it almost feels like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, one of those three teams is a lock to be in. Which Is that fair? The way it's trending right now? What, what were the teams you just said? Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. One of those three yeah, teams is yeah. going to be in the is yeah. going to get a playoff spot. Florida State could easily slip up, right? I don't think they're guaranteed, but they they have now that they beat Clemson at Clemson, their schedule opens up. Uh, the SEC, I mean, it's only Georgia, so it's you never know. But weird things happen. Like Florida State could easily lose a couple games, so Notre Dame see. could still I, get I there with one loss. True, got to play SC. SC would be in trouble if they lose that game and then lose a conference game. It'd be like they're, they'd be done. Yeah, you would think Not for the, two losses, but I, I, I think it, I don't see a two loss. Too many good teams. I don't either. But John, like, like but they you all said, play if, each if other. the Pac-12 all balls out and somebody wins the Pac-12 championship game with two losses and hands somebody else a, you know, I don't know. I just it's a weird enough year. Oh yeah, Tech. Did you say Texas? Did not. Te- I mean, Texas feels like they're there, right? I, do you know what's cool about this college football season? It has a little NFL vibe. It feels like 10 teams could be. You could pick 10 teams and put any four matchup together, right? Yeah. yeah. Which has not been the case in recent memory. No. It's basically been five teams for four spots. Maybe a six, but they're actually usually farther away than anyone thinks. Washington, Oregon play in two weeks. So kind of a little too early, honestly, for that me. Game, that game's in Seattle, though, right? Game's in Seattle. Which that's a that's got a game day vibe to it. Although actually, probably not. I'm not even being funny here. Probably too far. It depends where how far Herbie's got to go. But what, Herbie's I mean, travel game is a factor. Like Herbie, well, there's no do, chance. There's no chance that game's at nine, right? No. A.M. No. More likely to be four than yes. Usually 12. that game's like a an ABC midday mid afternoon early yeah. afternoon game. So oh yeah, Quinn Ewers first round. Potentially. So. Uh, Purdy? Purdy, what you got? Actually, I do have a Purdy. Do you have a Purdy topic? I have a Purdy topic. No. Okay. So, uh, can't read that, but I'm going to put it up anyway. Um, I got a 
I'll just tell you. I got a comment. Just so you know, I'm reading a comment here. Where'd this go? Comment on a YouTube uh, video we did. I did. Uh, from Texas Niner. Said, uh, hold up, Haberman. Brock is not a system quarterback. I said, let me set this up better. I said that the the only ranking that matters is the ranking that Kyle and Brock are able to achieve together. Um, from a uh, efficiency standpoint, Brock is trending on a higher trend than any other Shanahan quarterback on kind of the Matt Ryan trend, but it's only been, you know, 11 games. Um, so I said, that's the only system that I don't care where he ranks fifth or 14th. This is where he was born into the 49ers. He didn't get born to the Browns. He didn't get born to the Texans. He got born to the 49ers. And all that matters is can him and Kyle Shanahan win a championship together. And I've gotten a lot of this, so I'm not just picking out one comment. Uh, but the comment was, uh, hold up. Brock's a system quarterback. Rookies come out of college. It's a general fact that the maturation of a young quarterback typically needs some time to get NFL ready. But you sit here trying to validate a young quarterback uh, in a light that's not that it's not him, but it's the people around him. The more Port Purdy is on the Niners under Kyle, uh, the more credit he should get. You are trying to put momentum behind the idea that being a rookie QB means nothing if it's in the right system. That's dumb. So I bring it up not to say, like, let's analyze that statement. I think a lot of people, there's this argument about whether Brock is a system quarterback or not and whether it's a, a shot at him to call him a system quarterback. What's going to My come argument up would be the Niners play in primetime, right? Because what's that? If his number, it's going to come up anytime the Niners play in primetime and everyone's watching and he doesn't throw three touchdowns. Yeah. Or, or even just slice and dice you because he ends up always throwing some touchdowns. My argument would be you can argue that anybody is a system quarterback in that they have a great system. Um, I was looking yesterday. I Googled uh, the the uh, investing strategies of Warren Buffett. He's got strategies, right? Is he a yeah, buy Apple system? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is he a system investor? Um, I think guys can be system quarterbacks early in their career and then grow into being like the dude where the system grows around them. But literally every quarterback plays in a system, every single one of them, right? Mahomes plays in a system. Herbert plays in a system. Josh Allen plays in a system. System quarterback or no? Uh, he benefits from the system, right? That's not even arguable. He benefits from the system, the people around him, and the head coach. I was talking to someone that talked to Aaron Rodgers about his draft slide uh, back in the day. And joking about, you know, the teams that could have taken him and what would have happened. And Aaron basically said not so many words that I've been around long enough and I've seen a lot of other quarterbacks to not be basically cocky and arrogant enough to know that situation, coaching staff, and setup impacted, obviously, myself, but countless players throughout the league, not just at this position, at quarterback, but at all positions, right? There are so many players. There are only so many players to me, and they are rare. Aaron's not one of them. Because remember, ball up here needed to be reworked, got to sit for three years. Usually when you see can't miss position players, or at least viewed that way, that end up living up to it, 
I'd say like a Trent Williams, a, a Bosa, you know, a guy, Miles Garrett, like they, if they're healthy, it's impossible for them to fail. Their talent is just too immense. Ed Reed probably coming out. I mean, they're Jonathan Ogden, like it's, it's a small percentage of players on a given draft. And sometimes they go a little later in the first round, but it's like that, that guy was not going to fail and it would not matter. Most quarterbacks though, are directly impacted by their situation. You know why? Because they can't control their personnel. They have nothing to do with acquiring the wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs. Look at the fucking 49ers. Hit a home run with Debo Samuel in the second round. A couple years later, trade up to get Ayuk. Trade for Christian McCaffrey. Trade for Trent Williams. Land George Kittle in the fit. Like, he's, he benefits a lot from that, just like anyone would. Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for the 49ers. Benefit from that, right? Matt Stafford. What Matt Stafford, when he got to the Rams, benefit from? Well, they already had Cooper Cup. Right? And he had a sweet defense. Like, usually the Lions defensively were not great. So, like, that's not a bad thing. I, I think where you really start nitpicking Purdy, which is which he's never going to have, which is fair, he's never going to have Mahomes or Allen's arm. He's never going to have Allen's size to make what, you know, become Cam Newton now sometimes. But he clearly is really instinctive. He's a really good player. He's a very confident, unshakable player. And... Talking to some people about like why quarterbacks hit and why quarterbacks miss, someone brought up that like so many the top guys, a Mahomes, a Herbert even, are unfazed by wide receiver gets hurt, uh, a wide receiver slips, a ball gets tipped, it gets picked, uh, a tackle misses a block, I get sacked. Like that usually, if half the guys in the league that just derails right away, they just get kind of rattled. The elite guys unfazed. The very next play could be a touchdown, could be a 10-play drive. They just, they're the ultimate, like, Tiger Woodsman, next shot, right? Next throw, next play. It's easy to say that, but only so many can not only flip their mind to it, but, like, be mentally tough and just, it's like, didn't even happen. The the shitty guys crumble. And then the guys kind of in the middle, these guys make a shitload of money and win a lot of games. Jimmy was like this for a while. And then the better versions, like the more productive versions on a stat sheet cousins Dak I think Derek's had years where he's more productive than Jimmy in terms of touchdown throws or yards or whatever they can do it somewhere in the middle they can never do it at the high end like Herbert Allen or whatever but they do it more than all the shitty guys so they're more than functional to play with and I think right now Purdy has proven right away he's like already at least in that crew of just being able to function which is the seventh round, if he can just maintain that for a while, it gets complicated by like, where those guys ultimately got complicated, Derek, Jimmy, they, they were always able to finagle him for not that much money. I think Cousins and Dak are the examples of like, they got really expensive. And then they become polarizing because it's like, God, but they've never changed as a player. So to me, like, if Purdy just can sustain this, like, you clearly can win huge with this. It just gets the problem is, you know, in two years when he's, eligible to get paid he's you know 30 touchdowns and nine picks and it's like maybe he won a Super Bowl maybe he's been to a couple and they lost who knows but he's just like god this is going really well it's like well is this guy are we giving this guy 190 guaranteed that's where it gets complicated but it can't be argued that like already he's in the crew that is polarizing because they're already pretty good it's just are they good enough like he's in that crew which has already lapped all the other guys which is the majority 
I, I, the reason I don't get sick of talking about Brock right now is because he's like in the most interesting period of time, like this growth period, right? For a quarterback where he's developing and we're trying to figure out what he's going to be because you're right. If you keep winning, then one day you're going to become a hundred, not a hundred, you're going to become a $50 million a year quarterback by that time. Right. And are you going to be good enough to bear that much of the salary cap and still help your team win? But he doesn't have to be that today. Early childhood development is such an important part of who you become, right? You know, there's some people that's like, I, I would have, I could have grown up uh, anywhere with bad parents. I would have become a, a star. And other people like, no, if it wasn't for my family, I wouldn't have developed into who I am. That's why I think Alex Smith is such a fascinating NFL character because he was born into an awful situation. And it just continued to be awful. And still he found his way out on the other end. He's like one of those stories. Like he got a Harvard scholarship and he lived in 17 cars as a kid. Like that was Alex's NFL career. It was just a complete and utter disaster. And somehow he didn't get ruined. But when you are in the situation that Brock is in, it gives you the best possible chance to eventually find whatever your, your full potential is. I remember during the show, like maybe three weeks ago, I got a text while we were on from a former NFL quarterback. Remember I read it and I said to you, he said how much he loves Brock's um, ability to just handle the pressure. I, I haven't said this, but I called him like that day or the next day. And I was like, just explain to me like what it's like to be a quarterback. He's like, well, imagine you get hit really hard. He's like, he said, imagine Aaron Donald crushes you, just crushes you. And you're trying to catch your breath, but the play clock is rolling and it's third and 13 and the crowd is going crazy. Not a great, you know, this obviously wouldn't be a Rams road game, but you're on the road somewhere and Aaron Donald's playing for that team. The crowd's going crazy. The coach is in your ear getting your next play call. He's like, and you, your heart, you start to panic. Like it's just hard to settle down. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, is your heart racing? He's like, it's all of it. Your heart's racing. Your mind's racing. Everybody's looking at you. The crowd is getting loud. It's overwhelming. And he goes, Brock so far has not, he's like, some guys can handle that. Most guys, you just get overwhelmed. He goes so far when I watch Brock, he, it doesn't affect them. Like he, he can handle it. He goes, it's really normal to just feel like I need a minute. And I didn't think of it. I said it yesterday on a video was like the receiver gets to tap, gets to do this, right? Tap the top of his head and jog out and catch his breath. Bosa, Donald, me I mean, the, the star D lineman gets to do Quarterback it. doesn't get to. So I said to the guy, I was like, when was the last time you were fearless in the pocket? Where like none of the shit was in your dome. And he said high school. This guy played six years in the NFL. He goes, but I got to college. I got beat up a lot in college. I got to the NFL. I had baggage. I went to a bad team. I got beat up in the NFL. And so like when we talk about when I say like, well, Kyle's got to get credit for some of Brock's success. At a certain point, like with Joe Montana, who had the West Coast offense and Bill Walsh, like with Tom Brady, who had one of the greatest coaches of all time and really didn't have to do much to win his first Super Bowl relative to what he later had to do in his career. What came later, partly you got to credit what how it started with them, that they were given this chance to just do a little. And um, and that's the position Brock's in. What did you just put up? Brock is Eminem at the end of 8 Mile. Odds against him and kills it. I... I think there's something to. I do live in a trailer park with my mom. The, the more, he does. More he lives people... in a Motel Eight with a roommate. No. Someone DM me. They're like, does does the NFL or the 49ers have special setups for guys like Brock Purdy not making much money to find living arrangements? I'm like, 
he does make 800 grand. Like, I mean, the, the guy, yeah, he can't, he can't buy the uh, Palo Alto or Los, uh, Los Altos Hills or Los Gatos fucking mansion next to Jed, Kyle, and John, but he can find a place to live. We, I lived in the Bay Area a long time, not making much money, did, and you, you can find residents. Did the you see that the, serious? Did you see the person who, before you get to your point, the person who tweeted last week, because Al Michaels mentioned on Thursday night, like Brock lives with a roommate, whatever. The joke was that Brock was slated to live in the housing development that the Currys got ixnade. <laughs> did it get ixnade or did it pass through? I have no idea. But anyway. Well, yeah, because remember last year he moved. Doesn't know if he's going to make the team. He's just with like an undrafted free agent and like a six-round pick. That's He's not alone. I would say most seventh-round picks, if you just looked around the league, would not just... You have to sign a four-year lease. Like your agent, your you know people, like, hey, listen, I believe in you. We can make a career of this, but just let's go uh, six-month lease here to start in OTAs. Yeah. And I, one thing I'm really going to look at moving forward when it comes to quarterbacks, and specifically when it comes to quarterback prospects, have you been through the mud a little bit, and have you been through the shit? And I think that translates, and that could just be as simple as like. Uh, have you been in a college program? Like this is now Caleb may be so good. Like the teams he's played for are always the favorite Oklahoma and USC a lot like the Ohio state quarterbacks advantage every game they have where you'd look at. And I'm not saying I'm big or not big on this guy, but I would say Bo Nix saw the fucking mud in the sec and it was tough and had to do some introspection, humility, leave and just kind of reset. Michael Penix played at a school where he's just dissed for a couple years. I have to look at his game logs. I know he got hurt in one of them, but didn't he? He did play one full season in Indiana. Like he's playing Penn State. <laughs> I mean, all these teams that remember he almost beat Ohio State on national TV. Exactly. I, I can promise you this: he's playing with no one that Ohio State wanted. Not one person that they wanted. Because if they had wanted him, those guys would have been Ohio State. And this gets back to Brock. Have you seen? Did you see the viral clip of? They lost to a MAC school, Iowa State. Was it Kent State or one school in the MAC? No. And, and Campbell, they're like, it, it feels like some of the teams we used, like Toledo or something when I was at Fresno State. Mm. You know, most of the you play at Penn State or whatever, you walk under the tunnel, right? You just go back to your locker room. He was like going up and around. It had like a, it was like a PJ Tour event. You know, roped off. The fans were right there, and it was an Iowa State fan. Screaming like, you suck. You deserve to get fired. You're fucking overrated. We wish you would have left a couple years ago. And Campbell turns around and was like about to attack. One of his players grabbed him. Now, they had just locked to a mass school. They went 4-8 and eight last year, 1-8 and eight in the Big 12. This year, they're 2-2 two and two with a MAC loss. So, it is going. It's The program has derailed since Brock. Now, they were not world beaters when Brock was there. Their best year was 9-3. and three which I would imagine historically for that program is freaking incredible. So like you look back, you go, God, he was at, when does he have the better team? And yeah. one thing I heard about Purdy is based on his junior year, was pretty freaking good, right? The team was awesome. His numbers right. were awesome. He was just good. They all came back. Then he, he lost a couple receivers, though, the next year. So their mm. passing game wasn't as good. So they tried to like... I guess use more tight ends from what I was told. They, they just tried to manipulate it with the good players they had. They did not have players. He tried to force it. They were not as good, and he threw a lot more picks. Well, it turns out he just had to be desperate to try to win with this team. There were a lot of expectations. A lot of people thought they could be like a top 20 team, but they didn't have the talent. They actually did the previous year when they were good. 
and I think it hurt him, but it didn't make him worse player. He was just, it'd be like, Debo's gone, McCaffrey's gone, Ayuk's gone, Kittle's gone, and it's just a bunch of Joellies. It's like, I, you could be playing, if I just told you it was all Joellies this weekend, like, they could lose, even if Purdy was good. And so, yeah, he benefits. B- Mahomes became fucking Mahomes with Swift's boyfriend, who's the greatest tight end ever, and Tyreek freaking Hill, and Andy Reid, and a sweet offensive line. And Andy's like drafting running backs in the first round, which he regretted, but like he doing everything humanly possible to get the last pick. Yeah. Signing Juju. Like they were always signing all these sweet, fast receivers. Like no one says that about him. Now, I I think the conversation is that there's a difference of being like finding a proper spot for Brock, at least where he is today in late September, second year in the league, and going, I, I, I'm not going to try to put a ceiling on guys like him, but I do think it's fair to say he does have a ceiling, which, if things go well around him, can be pretty good, just like Dak and Cousins. Now, maybe he could be a better version of those guys. I have a hard time seeing him ever. He just doesn't have the physical capabilities to do like what Herbert or Josh Allen do. Yeah, you're asking him to become Drew Brees. If you're saying he's he's going to become a little athleticism. Yeah, yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught Seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, Astro says Purdy's best attribute is that he makes less than Mina Kimes. <laughs> um, comment from Roberto. Come on. One thing I wonder, hmm. and this is not, a, I, I don't, I've never heard any, like, I don't listen to Mina Kimes. I don't know her takes. But, like, those type people, like the NFL analysts, if you're not doing games or whatever, how do you justify your value at these companies? Because one thing, like, Stephen A has a show, and he's doing, like, I'm doing 900,000 people watch me every week. It used to be $400,000. I'm worth X. Yeah. I'm Scott Van Pelt. I host. This does this. I'm I'm the morning Mike and Mike or Coward when it's easy to quantify your value and kind of know. If I'm just an analyst, like, what do I... Like it's just how much you like me. Social That's stuff, cool. maybe too. Rate the ratings when you're on. But it's like, is that really going to be that dramatic on an NFL life? I just don't know how don't know. you justify in the argument. Like, if I was the executive, somebody else offered you a contract, they don't want to lose you. Could have just been supplied to me. Like somebody else offered her a million, and the ESPN was like, "Yeah, okay, one four. I think we it was a one seven or something. Oh. I saw a number four, <laughs> whatever around. it was. Roberto says, does Tua benefit from the system? I honestly believe creating a system is a way to denigrate the quarterback. I mean, yeah, like if given the choice between credit and Tyreek, I think he would just choose Tyreek and not worry about the credit. You know, the older you get, the more you get the credit. The more you're around, the more you prove it, the more you get the credit. It's really not that complicated. So when Joe Montana, somebody made the comment, aren't you you giving Bill Walsh credit for Joe? He took the Chiefs to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, he developed. He got better. You you apprentice, then you become the one in charge. You go to a you, you go to a hospital as an intern or whatever they call it, and then you become the doctor, and then you're you the forty year doctor. Then you're teaching the class. Like you evolve, you get better, but you have to not kill your career within three years to have a shot in order to you know to ultimately be that guy. I think people forget because the mid two thousands feels like fifty years ago, not fifteen. I think after he had his three Super Bowls and then Peyton got one, there were constant arguments. It's like are, Tom Brady's not actually better than Peyton Manning, even though he won Peyton Manning. I don't think Tom really started separating until like post undefeated season, and then they started rattling off more, and then it was undisputable. It was undisputable. I would say a lot of our high undisputed. school and college was Peyton Manning's a better player than Tom. Yeah, he's winning because their defense is better and their team's better, but Peyton Manning is one hundred percent a better player. Drew Brees, I, I remember that conversation with Brees all the time. Like, would Brees be this guy if he played for somebody other than Sean Payton? I think that's a fair argument, though. Sure. But the answer is like, well, he, this is who he played for. And so he racked up historic yards and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, it's like Steve Young's career was in shambles until he got around the 49ers and Walsh, and they all kind of got it together, and the rest is history. 
right? It matters who not only supports you, but at quarterback, it's like, it's honestly at a lot of the offensive positions, right? If I'm a running back, like, do I have a guy that can scheme the run game and who's blocking for me? If I'm a wide receiver, I, I can be a top five talent in the NFL. If my quarterback, Zach Wilson, like Garrett Wilson might be, if you put him on the 49ers, could get 95 catches. Or, the, you know, if the Chiefs had him, yeah. he might have 130 catches. You might look up at the end of the season, Garrett Wilson has like 57 catches, right? Right. It's like Especially he's not that now, bad. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not Maybe trending less. well. But my point is there's nothing – that's the thing with football more than these other sports, right? If I'm – Aaron Judge can hit no matter what team he played for, right? Would Aaron Judge be really good if I put him on the shittiest team or the best team if he's healthy? Same guy. Exactly. Baseball's a plug-and-play league. Basketball, obviously, there is some influence, but I would say for the most part, sweet players historically in basketball are sweet players. Now, some impact winning more than others that have big stats, but like they're getting their numbers wherever. In football, there are the most factors of all the team sports. I don't count hockey because I don't know it, but I, by far. It feels like hockey actually like if you, I just give you Wayne Gretzky in his prime like he or Lemieux or uh you know Yarmir Yager like they're going to get in their peak they're going to be unstoppable. I don't know Steve Eiserman going to be. Exactly. Chelios. Evgeny Malkov. Is that a person? Paul Korea. Who's the other uh Pittsburgh penguin? Crosby, not Crosby, Malinoff. but after Lemieux in the middle. Scott Malkov. Yager. Yarmir Yager. Yarmir Yager. Yeah. Um, I listened analogy. actually one time. I listened one time because I saw it on social media. He went on Barst Spitting Chicklets Barstool Pod, and I listened to it, and it was really impressive. You're like, it's pretty clear why this guy's awesome. So I just went to YouTube and I watched yeah. like a five minute and and like Wayne Gretzky. It's one of those like highlights with like legends talking highlights, legends talking, Love and those. these guys would be chiming in like, yeah, he might be the most talented guy ever, and you find out like I would have thought Yarmir Yager's like six feet. He's like six four, two forty can score, can skate. You're like, Jesus Christ. I remember, see, you say this, like, as a kid, man, I watched, like, I was hot. I knew all the hockey players. Yeah, Brett Holt. Well, because ESPN had it in the 90s. Eric Lindros. Um, analogy. Bomb- hockey was a big property for us, like, in junior that's high true. on television. That's yeah, that's true. It'd be just, like, Olbermann and Dan Patrick doing highlights. Stuart yeah. Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. Uh, if a bomb-sniffing dog finds a bomb, the guy who trained the dog five years ago gets some of the credit, and then the dog gets the credit. We trained the dog. The dog did it. But I think where this is different, and this is a good comment here from Bozim, Bozimian on the YouTube. Oh, no, that's the wrong comment. Hold on. The comment was about player development. I'm not sure if Kyle makes his QB better in terms of developing him, Look at Jimmy's numbers so far in Vegas or Nick Mullins or Matt Ryan without him. So he's saying, like, he doesn't develop him for his career, like, with skills he can take somewhere else. It just only works. Kyle's like a European outlet, and his quarterback is a European plug. And then he leaves, and he's trying to plug into American outlets, and it doesn't work the same way. So you stay So stay with Kyle then, you know. I think Kyle is actually – I think Andy truly, especially with a quarterback, kind of likes tinkering and working and just – you know, it's just like a piece of clay. Kyle's closer to like Nick Saban in the NIL. It's very transactional. It's like I'm here for something, you're here for something. Let's just make it work. Mm-hmm. But Do somehow, like in his press conferences and the player, like clearly they everyone likes each other. 
but it's very transactional where it feels like, God, you know, Pete Carroll really liked those guys. You know, you know, Andy, these guys just, they all love each other. Like, I'm not saying Kyle doesn't like them, but it's like, it's, it's closer to transactional, but everyone's succeeding. So everyone's cool with it. Like there's nothing transactional is not bad. If everyone's getting rich, right? Bel- yeah. Belichick ha- had a transactional element to him. I would say during the era, wouldn't you? Um, yes, for sure. But he was also, you know, he was also not the play caller. So true. Yeah. Though he knew the whole thing, right? He knew everything. Yeah, he. It felt like he could chime in more than the coach that's just standing there. And he, it felt like when he would walk in, like when Josh and Tom would meet, he would say something that maybe he was telling them a play to run, which those CEO coaches are one hundred percent not doing. But you're right. It remember when Alabama and Clemson, like the dynasty, was peaking for Alabama, then Clemson came and it was like. Bought and paid for versus family, and it was like it was kind of cool to watch. And I was Dabble's at the game. I was family, at the national championship game where family and love, and you knew their moms, and Nick just cared about how fucking strong you were. Yeah, I th- listen. There's, I don't want to say the, the Niners have a good. Here's where they deserve credit because I do think Kyle is just like if you don't produce, they'll just move on from you. To me, a doghouse with Kyle is just like you're just not good enough right now. Or I don't think you're focusing hard enough. Like, I don't have time for you. But I also think they do a good enough job. Like, I, I don't think it's shocking that John also gets, I don't even know, what just two years added on to the four years remaining. I mean, what, what are these extensions they're even getting? It's just like, here's this more cash. Don't ever leave us. Uh, they put their team together, and it's just it just fits like a glove. Like, yeah. all their guys get along. Feels like they just have a good feel for that. So Kyle doesn't have to worry as much about, like, holding people's hands. This, I mean, this is the growth, you know. This is pro football, and these guys are grown-ups in theory. But it feels like a lot of teams, a lot of hand-holding. It does not feel like that much they have to do that. Now, they've gotten by, like, Debo's in a great place now. Not literally today. He's got a knee and a rib, but, like, just in terms of his mentality, like he feels probably in the best mindset, I would imagine, totally. of his career. Best right? shape. Of just best understanding yep. what it takes and just what he means to the team. And other guys, they, most of their guys on the team don't even need that. So it's like... It's not even fair. Two things. One, I think one thing we've underrated with Debo because the way he plays, it's like just get the ball in his hands and he's a running back, is that he is also coming in. He's into his athletic prime, right? So he's getting better if he works on his route running, which he has. He's a better route runner. Like he's improving, right? The thing that everyone said is like, well, Debo can't separate against man-to-man coverage, whatever. Well, I I don't think we've really talked about is Debo improving as a receiver, and I think he probably is. So to your point, he is in the best place he's ever been. Second thing is, I saw Tayshon. Uh, Tayshon Niners, Niners develop receivers. Niners develop receivers. Uh, Tayshon Gibson was talking yesterday, and one thing he said was that when the Niners signed him, John Lynch, he's like, you know, the thing I loved was John Lynch was really straight up with me. He's like, we'll see if Jimmy Ward comes back, then we'll have to figure it out. But, you know, you'll have a shot. Like, if you're one of the best guys, then you'll make the team. And he said they were really transparent with him. They didn't act like he was going to get anything more than just maybe a chance, depending on how the roster ended up getting put together, ended up getting a shot. And his whole thing was like, I just appreciated that there was no bullshit. He didn't say that, but that's what he was saying. He was like, John Lynch just basically told me like it was, and it was on me to try and make the team. And it was pretty simple. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of what you're describing a little bit. Like it's pretty black and white what it takes to get on the field. I I think any really good team, there has to be, I think one thing, if you look at Miami, think about this. They trade for the most one of the most accomplished players in the league. They give up 
a huge haul in picks, and then they pay him. He becomes the richest guy on the team. And then by like week two last year, it was like, well, no one's playing harder than this guy. So he kind of sets the tone, right? So if you're on Miami, it's like, well, I can't really lollygag. This fuck, Tyreek Hill. Look how hard this guy's playing. The 49ers, you know, their best players are the hardest playing guys in the league. So it just sets the tone for your whole team. It gets back to the way Belichick always built this team. It was like he always leaned. He had been burned a couple times by the quote-unquote high price guys or whatever. So he was very hesitant to do that. And he loved his Edelmans and Welkers and even the Vrabel types. And that just set the tone for the whole – and Tom was actually just like that. And and by the time they were equipped, the second and third iterations, they uh, – I guess Edelman was the third. But, like, when Randy and those guys came, it was just the, the standard was set. And everyone just falls in line. And it's why it's so hard to do. And the Niners, it feels like they really have that these last two years. They, they were kind of – they're finding their way there. It didn't mean they didn't have talent and they couldn't beat you in the Super Bowl team. But now it feels like everyone – like Jimmy Ward, I watched his. He had an interview clip came up. It's like he's just an impressive guy, and yeah. I would imagine he's impacted the Texans greatly, right? Just in terms of the standard, how to work. This is a guy that comes from a winning organization. I bet he just has an enormous voice for a lot of the young guys. And when you get in the right spot, you got to keep key guys and have them stay healthy and have them stay productive. You can lose guys like that because the Niners aren't going to be done losing. Like all these guys aren't going to be on the team forever. I mean, Bosa feels like he'll be there for a while, and obviously Trent more than likely retires the Niner, and Kittle's got a while now that they restructured the contract. But, like, maybe you lose Nayuk, and maybe you add, you know, the Florida State receiver next. You know, it's just these – Oh, yeah, it's like Ronnie it, Bell. Yeah, it sucks, but that's the way football works with money, you know? Yeah. Like, I, it's, I, I keep getting back to this. You know, Ayuk, I saw, you know, he's banged up right now, clearly. You just – you just wonder what's going to happen big picture, you know, with him, especially if Debo's good again and they got McCaffrey and they know that they can draft wide receivers in the second and third round. And, you know, they, they start going, God, we could, we would love to invest in another big time offensive lineman. It's, and this is what Bill did for so long. It's the only way to sustain it. Andy has made a career out of doing this for, even when he wasn't winning Super Bowls in Philly, you got to make tough decisions with guys you really like and guys that stand for the things you stand for. And sometimes you get rid of Buckner and you get Kinlaw. But sometimes you get rid of Diggs and you get Justin Jefferson. Like, you, it can be done right. And sometimes you just get rid of this guy. He's not quite as good, but he's way cheaper. That's going to be the big picture about the 49ers sustaining this because clearly their talent and just what they got going on right now is, is I think it's pretty just it's fun to watch. Well, they, I don't they, think – got a more humble group, I feel. Humble is the wrong word, but a more – low-key group than the 49er, uh, than the Harbaugh teams, I feel like. Because the 49er Harbaugh teams had, at any moment, you just felt like, God, someone could get shot or arrested or something yeah. weird could go down. Yeah, And it happened Literally. all the time. Yeah. Beat up, punch. A lot of, like, they, like, they liked punching. They liked punching that group. Off the field. Oh, Ayuk's out of the blue contact jersey. But regardless. Uh, every time he plays and he makes plays, he just ups his value. Because yeah. you watch enough football, you just know, like, this guy would... Why wouldn't the Chiefs trade a first-round pick for him, you know, and pay him or, you know, whatever? Teams like that. You wouldn't trade him to the Chiefs, but, right? Would you, though? For pick 31? I don't well, think if you were going to trade him, you just take the best pick, right? I don't know. I don't think you – I mean, Mark Davis didn't do it when Khalil Mack was available, and 
I don't think the 49 like, you play the Chiefs once every four years. In the Super Bowl. All right, John, let me give you some context on this. Christian McCaffrey was named the NFC's Offensive Player of the Month for September after registering an NFL high 353 rushing yards, three touchdowns to go along with 11 catches for 70 yards. This marks the third Offensive Player of the Month award and his second as a Niner. So when I read that, I went, oh, we don't really spend much time talking about Offensive Player of the Month awards, but hold on. It's his second as a Niner? How many months has he played for the Niners? Well, they got him in late October last year, so he wasn't going to win that one for the Niners. Then he played in November. Then he won the Offensive Player of the Month award for the NFC in December, which is actually December and January. They clump it into one because there's only like a game or two games in January. Yeah. So he played two months in which he could have won the award for the Niners last year. You can't win it for the three playoff games. You don't get playoff player of the month. That's right. This year, we're in September. He won it this month. So he's been on the Niners for three months, and he's been the best offensive player in the NFC for two of those months. (laughs) He won one previously, as I read. He played, I added up, about 14 months for the Carolina Panthers. There was one season when he didn't really play any month, basically. But he basically was a 14 or 15 month player for the Panthers and won the award once. He has now won it two out of the three months he's been a 49er. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. It's like, why does Cal run him in the ground? Well, he's like the best player in the league. <laughs> uh, usually, you know, you ask uh, people with the Lions if you took Barry Sanders out of the game or Jim Brown or Walter Payton. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I do. I do understand the heat of the moment you're not thinking like us normal people on a couch eating a scone and drinking coffee it's like yeah i'm gonna keep using my the best player i think i've ever seen uh which if you told me kyle actually believed that deep down i don't think it's out of the wrong possibility he's like when you factor in the intelligence the ability at his position to literally do everything at an elite level find me a better player that i've ever coached because you'd be like well nick Nick Bosa is a good run player, but I wouldn't call him like an all-time great run player. Like, what does – I'd have to text someone in the NFL who's, like, evaluated him. Is, is like, McCaffrey a plus pass protector? Because he's a plus runner inside and out. He's clearly a plus receiver. Not just as a running back. He literally could just – if they just needed him to play slot receiver, he could just be the slot receiver for a game, right? Line up yep. every every snap like he's Welker. So if he's just a solid pass blocker, just he, he literally doesn't get any better as a player at your position. You're like the total package, like Trent. I think he went, he's, this is MVP stuff. Just back to that conversation. It, it will just, it is, it's a little Heisman. Like it's hard to beat out the quarterbacks. I know. But right now, like, I don't know. Is Tua going to win the award? Maybe long way to well, go. Kirk cousins lead the leagues in passing it. I'll tell you a guy who could throw his hat in the ring this weekend. If they beat the Miami dolphins and you look up at the end of the season, he's got 43 touchdowns and they've won 14 games. And they win the East would be. Yeah. Allen. Cause I don't know if you've seen the last two weeks, they've won by a combined like 700 to four. You see I mean, the touchdown he threw to digs in the <laughs> oh corner, in the God. front corner. Do you see that throw? Where he, where he rolled out and did a little loopy or no, no was it was like game. left corner, just, just, just laser beam from like, I don't know, 30, 40 yards out. It went from like, God, he's just throwing all these picks. Is he just unraveling to the next two weeks? Like everything's fine. And what yeah. happens this week? If he just looks awesome I, to me, he's a guy. Cause it has to be a guy, a quarterback who's viewed as a star that hasn't got it yet. 
And I could see people like, God, look at what this guy's done for this franchise, especially if they win their like four straight conference title. What if they're the number one seed? Shows you how like week ones sometimes. It was a weird week. Yeah, one. it always is. <laughs> uh John, do you would you like uh would you like the uh the court to allot you sixty seconds to talk about this Trey Lance quote? Yeah. Uh you want me to read it? Yeah, read it. Okay, he's talking about Scott Tolzien, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, former, pretty sure Wisconsin Badger, uh, and former Packer. Scotty always has a checklist, Lance said. He wants to hit on stuff that we talked about throughout the week that I didn't have time to get reps on. A lot of different throws and a lot of different reps. It's great for me, and I'm thankful for him that he's able to do that for me pregame. Here's the kicker right here. I get a great workout, and I have his eyes on me the entire time. What does that mean to you? I get a great workout, and I have his eyes on me the whole time. I thought that was, because clearly you're the third quarterback. It's like being the 13th guy in the NBA. Like You're going to get your pregame warm-up. You're going to be soaked, right? You, you you might even shower before the game. If you tell me a lot of third-string quarterbacks around the NFL that do, like, get a legit thing in or soaked shower, especially on a cold game, 100%, you don't want to be out there in the sweat when you're just standing. Mm-hmm. It's a sh- You're getting a shower-level workout. To me, that one kind of brewing elephant in the room with Trey Lance with the 49ers, the Kyle, one thing Kyle always did a good job publicly is, like, professing his love and acting like they had a good relationship. And, and Trey never said anything or anything ever leaked that that got weird. One thing was clear, that when they drafted Brock Purdy, and Kyle's been on record saying this, that was a project for, I think, Slowick and Greasy. And those guys were pounding the table. But it felt like specifically Greasy loved Brock Purdy. Like, that was his guy. And then that guy became the player, and then he became the starter. We're all human beings. And Brian Greasy would not be the first, wouldn't be the last, and they're probably all over the NFL and college football right now that have a favorite player in the room, regardless of where the guy was recruited, how much the guy signed for. I mean, there's a decent chance the San Diego Chargers DB coach despises J.C. Jackson, despite him being one of the richest guys. And finally got his way out. Told you, keep making him inactive, right? I think that that, him saying eyes on me the whole time, is what we knew. They had moved on mentally. We can debate when it happened. You know where I feel. I think that's saying, like, my position, no one even looked at me. And I think that starts with Brian. Because, in fairness, Kyle is kind of looking at everybody. They right? stopped coaching me, and I needed coaching. They stopped helping me, and I needed help. But don't you feel like that's specifically the position coach? Or do you think uh, that's Yeah, he's talking about Scotty. Macro? I mean, no, he's yeah. saying that's... He has to, you know, you understand the head coach's job is not that, but that is the position coach's job. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's saying, thank you for giving me what I need because I wasn't getting it the other place. Or they they stopped giving it to me at the other place. It'll come out one day, but I think, and listen, it's hard in these situations, but there's a reason guys get cut, guys get traded. They don't like you as a player. Right, they don't think you're good enough. They don't want to coach you. They don't like you in their scheme. They they just don't want you there. It doesn't mean a lot of players that you like personally you have to move on from. 
to what makes the business of football in college or pro, but specifically pro, very, very difficult. Because it's human to human. This is These aren't widgets. You're not selling fucking calculators or computers. You're dealing with a human being. And I wonder if Brian Greasy just thought he was not a very good quarterback. In all his years of playing quarterback, being around quarterbacks, being around football from, I would imagine, the day he was born. <laughs> so it just didn't think he was very good. And he got One a lot thing of I'll get back to, and I don't know if I think I've said this before in the podcast. I knew a guy that interviewed for the job that Brian got, which might have been a rig deal too, that said Kyle was actually very positive, and this was, again, two years ago. So going into the year Trey was going to start, and this would have been, you know, could be a little off on the timeline, January of 2022, mid to late January, early February or something in, in that world. So well before OTAs or whatever, uh, that Kyle was bullish on Trey. Things the I, I would say that. in foot football things change fast though. Yeah, and they change based on your options. If you only got one guy, and he did at the time only have one guy, like he had to be all in on that, right? Yeah, Purdy wasn't even on the team then. Yeah, honestly, right. Kyle Shanahan probably couldn't have pointed Purdy out of a lineup. Uh, for I, your I uh, for Jim Harbaugh's YouTube TV watching Sunday morning, John, we got Dolphins Bills. You mentioned that that is a West Coast morning game. Uh, That's good. Vikings and Panthers. Somebody's got to win. Bears, Broncos. Somebody's got to win. Uh, Ravens, Browns. That's a really good game. You know the Niners. You know right now the Browns defense is by far in all these metrics number one. They play the Ravens at home, which let's say they win. The Ravens have seven million injuries. Then they're on a bye. Then the Niners play the Cowboys, and then the Niners play the Browns whose defense, again, right now, by every metric, is dominating. That game is sneaky. That Cowboy-Brown stretch, a little harder than I think people just like, Cowboys, Yeah, the Browns are better than the Cowboys. The the Browns are off a bye when the Niners play them. The Browns play the Ravens, and then they go on their bye. Correct. So the Niners... When the Niners are playing the Cowboys, and then the Niners get them off a bye on the road. Yeah, We'll see how physical this game is Sunday. I I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, but obviously they're a 14-point favorite for a reason. It's fair to say the Cowboy game is going to be a playoff-level people. They're going to take some injuries in that game, right? I'd be stunned if a player doesn't get injured in that game. It's going to be more than likely one of the more physical games of the year, of the short season. Given Maybe. the history I of mean, these teams, I'm just saying, I think... Yeah, you would think. You don't, you don't think the game you're going to get with Dan Quinn and that defense and just the physicality of that game, I, I expect fucking fireworks. Yeah. I also expect the Cowboys... Niners get guys hurt in every game, but you're right. But I'm just saying, anytime you have a really physical... You're just more likely to... Concussion, a, I'm convinced. A bone bruise. You've convinced me. I, you watch the Cowboys this week. I, I bet... I expect them to kill the Patriots. Oh, I like that. Uh, Steelers-Texans. And Rams-Colts. Bucks-Saints. Jameis about to save the, the uh, Saints. Among the uh, storylines out there. Derek's always king of, like, guys, I'm doing everything humanly possible. It's like, Derek, we understand. No, no one is questioning your rehab schedule, your effort for getting on the field. Just say, hey, listen, guys, when I, my shoulder's ready, I'm going to play. He Sucks for our boy Jake Hanner, who, who would be He gives one a soliloquy on, like, oh, did he? rehab process. And I just saw some quotes on Pro Football Talk, but I, I can picture him saying it like, Derek... Everyone knows your effort in the training room right now to get back on the field is a 10 out of 10. You don't need to let everyone know. Zeus asked for, can you guys make me a parlay? So, all right, John, you just gave out the Cowboys killing the 
the uh, the Patriots. What's the number on that game? Six and a half. Okay. And um, I, I would say Chiefs Sunday night against the Jets. That has Taylor Swift confirmed to be there. If you told me yeah. you look up and that's thirty to three, it's, that's it's eight change. and a half right now. Are eight the Chiefs more likely to win that game thirty to three, or is the game more likely to be eighteen to thirteen? I just don't know how Zach Wilson how the, how do they move the ball and score? I like I like Cowboys Chiefs. Cowboys minus six and a half. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Raiders plus five and a half. A little homer pick. Don't hate it. At Jimmy's back to practice. You see Marquette King said he gave Mark a noogie. No. Who did? Marquette? Marquette King said he like gave Mark a noogie, and Mark said it reminded him of his youth, and he thinks that's why he got cut. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a classic Seahawk game on deck on Monday night when they go to the Giants and are plus one. This will look weird like most Seahawks games do in these situations. So, isn't That feels like a classic spot for the Seahawks to lose. Yes. When they should win. <laughs> Correct. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, Oregon State, Utah's Friday night football in the pack. So It's not bad. What, what, what would you put over under Taylor Swift shots on television Sunday night? I, I would say over under, I'd put it at, I'm trying to think what I would take the over on. I would take the over on three and a half. It's, you know, it's harder to show. Like, you think like, oh, I've seen her a ton. And it's probably like three. I don't know how many times. Do you know how many times they showed her the other day? Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably under five. Like, they'll always do it for the Super Bowl. It'd be like uh, over under half a shot of Roger Goodell in the boot. You know, whatever. they. And it's hard. Like, when you watch a big game, a big game, you notice the NFL does not broadcast the way like Giants baseball games get broadcast, where they're constantly showing crowd shots. You don't get that many crowd shots. Is that that game is on Sunday night? Sunday night, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they Sunday. I don't know that Sunday night. All these different broadcasts have like different kind of. There's a person, a director, and he chooses what shots to show. And they have different personalities, and some of them show less people than others. That said, they might NFL might be like, uh, all right, we need seven Taylor Swift pictures, right? If the game gets this, bad, this, more this Taylor is pretty. Swift. Wouldn't you say this is pretty unique, given her? It feels like her star power. She was shown nine times last time, says Chris. Oh well, I, forty. To, I mean, it was like thirty-five three at half. So that that to me, where the number gets inflated, right? If it's some legendary tight game, harder to show her. If it's twenty-eight nothing at halftime and Kelsey's got a couple touchdowns, like she's getting shown every Kelsey touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah. Every and Kelsey then if you're just blowing them out, sitting with mom bored. again. Collinsworth starts talking about her sitting with mom. Bring her in the booth. Would she go in the booth? You think? I love her. Get her. Her. Her thing is basically, I'm not going to sing, but if you guys want to give me a free suite, I'll show up. That's fine. The irony is that Travis or the Chiefs are indirectly paying for her to show up, right? Bigger story, Taylor Swift, Coach Prime. The peak of Coach Prime, like a week and a half ago. I think Taylor Swift, like more people, you just say Taylor Swift. Right. The average person has a take, especially non-sports fans, which are way more of them than us. I would say in the sports world, that Prime, like three-week stretch <laughs> – 
because if let's just hypoth- I actually think a game could be a little closer, but let's just hypothetically say they get similar look, right? Even though it's hard to feel like it's physical that USC is not that physical, but yeah, let's just you know it's a fifty to ten type game, right? Shador, you know, getting running for his life. One thing in sports, you start losing, people just naturally care less, no matter what you say. It's got to be a double whammy. Dion had the best of all the worlds, right? He's Dion fucking Sanders. He's been famous for closer to 40 years than like 20. I mean, he's been famous for a long time. Yeah. His team was winning on huge games, and then it was topped off with the Colorado that couple-day stretch with the sunglasses. But it definitely came to a screeching halt. It felt like Oregon. Screeching halt would be strong. Definitely slow down a little. I still think they're going to get huge numbers, but if they lose again by a wide margin, it's not a good watch. Like, we're all human beings. Like, we're not going to watch. There's a reason WNBA doesn't rate. You know, people like people want to watch Steph Curry. Like, you're just not watching Rutgers. Yeah, if they game. get blown out and you're like, it's not even a good game, yeah. yeah. Well, th- then, because... But, I mean, even they, they got blown out of 10 million people watched last week. No, no, no. But part of it, you know, playing Oregon, the hype. Yeah. I'm talking about like the next once you start playing ASU and Stanford, are they even a story anymore? Really, besides Dion? Well, it might be a story. You know, uh, you, yeah, it might be a story because they if they win those games and they're able to all of a sudden you look up, you're like, God, I thought they were dead, but they're four and they're five and four, right? Can they yeah, make but a ball? What was two weeks ago is no longer. That's like, right. The, the, but the imagine conversation. Imagine they got they're going to Arizona. They got six wins at the end of the year. It's like, can they get to a ball? And like, will they go to El Paso? You know, the New Mexico Bowl. Like, there was some middle-of-the-road bowl that would die for seven when Colorado to make it, right? Yeah. The or middle would they of the get like, bowls. you know what? Fuck it, Fiesta. Seven win Colorado. They're going to <laughs> could, you know, could they or no? Uh, no, I mean, I is, don't it, think so. It's not like a golf major where I can invitation, I can pick this guy. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There's, there's certain tie-ins, like the third place this, first the fourth place that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, I do right. think this is a big week. But TV networks are involved, so you never know. I think this is a big week for the story. I, I think he can validate a lot of the people that say, see, they actually suck, if they're just in the game again. Like, if, they, if it's just like, God, they're tied going to the fourth. It'd be a big moment for him. Totally. He can lose the game if it's like they have a lead in the third quarter. It's like, God, they're going toe-to-toe. Shador? Because the other thing is like, what if Shador looks just as good? as What if they're both like three touchdowns each? It's like, God yeah. damn. What if it's 21 21- 20 at the half. It's like, that's all you need. Even if SC wins 48-23. Did he really get hit in the kidney and pee in blood? Was that a real story? Shiloh? Was that fake? Yeah. Uh, that's what they said on the internet. Dion but did say they it. took him to the hospital, so he was oh, okay. legitimately. So, yeah. Was there a play that he tried to run a guy over? He got run over? Do you know? Do you remember the play that he got? Well, down? I don't remember. I, I've seen the photo of a guy like looking down at him, but I saw Dion Jr. put out a cut-up of Shiloh hitting a few guys, so uh, hard to say. Yeah, I thought that the cut-up actually happened on a play where Shiloh kind of crushed a guy, and he was laying on the ground. There was a video that went viral on TikTok that got forwarded to me of Dion. I think it might have been Shador filming when Shiloh was like in eighth grade, and Dion's bald, walks into his room. He's like, son, turn around. We got a problem. What the hell is going on in Miss Parker's class? And he starts reading off all Shiloh's. He's farting. He's laughing class clown like and Dion's just in his ass and people are like no wonder Shiloh's always the last kid but Shiloh's got a little shit to him I I, I got no problem with Shiloh I actually have no problem with Shador or Shiloh carrying themselves like a Sanders they are the Sanders my issue becomes 
when the non-Sanders and non-Travis Hunter, like, who are you exactly? You know, let's... To me, Shiloh's like a legitimate, like, he's going to play in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a high pick, but Shiloh Shannon's playing in the NFL. Shador, say whatever he wants, even though it didn't look like. If Travis Hunter was there, who doesn't really feel like a talker, maybe he is, I don't know. Those guys, to me, even when you lose, are allowed to say some shit. Like Ryan Matthews when we were at Fresno State. Maybe we're going to get blown out by 40. He's allowed to talk. The other guys, fucking Jay Feely's kid scraping, like, shut the fuck up. You know? that Give me a break. You're a kicker. Do you notice Jay Feely is like an NFL, like he calls NFL games? Yeah. Like he, he's not just like, like he's an analyst. Yes. He gets treated yeah. like he's a quarterback. He's got a good thing going. He does have a good thing going. I guess Pat Summerall was a former kicker, but he, I mean, he was the play-by-play guy. Play-by-play guy, yeah. Yeah, you just, you never know. Go all the kickers out there. All right, on that note. I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for Colorado this weekend. Not gonna lie, that would uh, turn the college football world on its head, and it would bring the hype all the way back, right before they go play on Pac-12 Network at ASU. I do. If like- they beat SC, they're on Pac-12 Network the next week. People are gonna freak. <laughs> Can't it's like that. They got they just no one thinks they're gonna win. They got their ass kicked. No one, you know, they didn't get picked by the networks. Yeah. I think there's a big moment for Lincoln's team to show a little toughness. Yeah, well, to do, like, Oregon, I think in in a short amount, and, and SC has done this too to a degree, but, like, one thing you say for Dan Lanning, when they're supposed to beat somebody by 40, they just beat them by 40. Last week, that was ASU and SC. SC off a bye, and they just didn't look great. And beside the Georgia game last year, which I think that actually aged pretty well. Like, Georgia's probably doing that. Georgia might have done that to Michigan. Maybe not by that margin, but they would have beaten the shit out of most people. The game, other game landing lost, right, was to Washington, and it wasn't like they got shoved around. They just got beat. Yeah, it was like a, a 38 30. It was a walk off field goal, 34 yeah, 31 just, or something. I just like, like that. to see a little grit from Lincoln. Yeah. Like just, just because I can't people. take you, I, I can't take you seriously as like a team that could really do something if you're just not gritty. It's just yeah. not possible. Yep. I'm with you. But have a listen. Howdy from Australia. Aye. 7.30 a.m. Aye. That's all I got. All right. You good? We good? Late. Yep. Later, everybody. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.